Keen to get involved with AFLW fantasy but don't know where to start? Come chat the basics with us in today's episode. And welcome to this bonus episode of Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast, where a few friends talk all things footy and fantasy. I'm Mel, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Jono. Hey, everyone. How's it going? How have you been this week, Jono? Uh, yeah, no, I've been good. I've been having a really good week with my AFLM fantasy team, and it just puts me in a good mood. Oh, yeah? What's a good week? Um, I think I came 10th for the round last week. 10th? 10th um, out of what? Oh, I think it's like 100,000. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, yeah. it was a good round. It was a good round. How about yourself? How's the week been? Oh, a bit cold, but not too bad. Oh, yeah, um, no, it's Melbourne weather gets the best of us sometimes. <laughs> yes. So let's get to it, right? Last year was my first time playing a fantasy sport, and I realized that there was a lot to learn. Even for me, like I'm very comfortable with numbers. I work with numbers all day, and there was still a lot of numbers for me to get my head around. So the bulk of what we're going to be talking through today is what is a fantasy game and how do you play AFLW Fantasy? Yes. Yeah. If, if you already know the basics of uh, fantasy sports or if you've played the AFLM version of the game before, uh, you're probably going to know everything we're about to say. So no need to, to stick around. But if, if you'd like, you know, feel free. We've, uh, we've definitely got a little refresher course here for everyone. Yeah. And uh, if you're more of a reader than a listener, we'll have the same content that we're talking about today posted on our socials, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also some of these basics are actually within the game itself at aflwfantasy.com.au. So, Jono, bit of a fantasy expert then, why don't you kick us off by explaining to us what a fantasy sport is? So, fantasy sports, essentially you get to play as a coach and assemble your own team from all the different players in that sport, and then you get points based on on what they do. You get to assemble your dream team. So imagine if you could be the coach of any AFLW team, but you don't have to worry about budget or the player wanting to play for your team. Instead, you can just have Lauren Bella as your ruck, tapping it down to Emily Bates, handballing it out to Haley Miller, launching inside 50 to have Taylor Harris pull down a big pack mark, and they're all on the one team. It, it'd be fantastic to see. I, I can't imagine any AFLW fan wouldn't want to see that. Um, you get to pick your, your side from any of the current players in Season 7 of the AFLW, and basically how they go in real life based on the different stats that happen throughout an AFLW game then the more points your team gets and that's that's the aim right is the end the season with the most amount of points that you can <laughs> and win yeah, yeah so it's more game about how you use individual players and it is about like picking a side in a game of sport like you would say you go for a, a footy team yeah yeah which i really love because i think it's something where a lot of sports you kind of watch and it's it's kind of fun but you don't you don't really know who's playing well or what's what's really going on in the field but once you get into the fantasy you kind of get you get involved with the players at a bit more of an individual level. Mm, and I really yeah. love that. You get to start like picking up on players that you, you might not have noticed before and going, wow, they're having a really, really good game. It's an awesome way to love the game from a totally different angle than just kind of watching. So how did AFLW Fantasy come around? Have we always had it? Yeah, it's, um, it's actually recent. So only last year, uh, well, this year even, um, in season six of the AFLW has the uh, women's game finally got a fantasy sport. We've got this fellow called Selby Lee Steer, who he's played the men's game for quite a few years. 
Uh, and he actually won it in 2017 and 2018. Um, he's a bit of a bit of a legend um, on the on the fantasy front. Mm. And end of end of 2021, he announces he's just going to run his own fantasy sports game because there's been a men's game for maybe 15 plus years now, uh, mm. but the AFL women's hasn't got their own one run by the AFL. Oh, we're already in season seven of the game, so it's about time. Yeah, and oh, it would be great to see them run it, have it a little bit more professional. They're, they're sort of there. They've got the stats on the on the app, which you can track along with. So hopefully uh, that, that comes out soon. But in the meantime, um, loving that Selby is running it and great to have a bit of a, a game to play. He's keeping us all entertained. What about the, the basics of how you play? Essentially, there's there's two dimensions in the game that you need to be aware of. The first is the points that you score, and the second is the money that you pay for a player. You're going to be buying 21 players to sort of replicate how the the AFLW teams look like. And then the idea is that over the course of the season, you're going to be trying to uh, earn as many points as you can. Round by round, we'll be seeing what you do, but it's it's over the whole season that you want to try and maximise the points from the players that you've bought. Yeah, cool. So what's stopping you from just bringing in the absolute best players from every team? Yeah, we'd all love to just start the season with Kiara <laughs> Bowers, Hayley Miller, Ebony Marinoff, the, the superstars. But uh, we do have some constraints. First one is that you have a salary cap. This is something which will mimic the real game. So players will be priced according to how they've performed in previous seasons from a fantasy perspective. And then you'll have to try and work your way up through some clever buys and, and sells to try and get the, the best team that you can over the course of the season. Nice. Essentially, when you've got the, the salary cap that you start with, you're not going to be able to pay for all the really high-performing players. So you're going to need a mix of some of the, the better players, but also some of the cheaper players. And mm. the cheaper players are most likely to be the rookie players, the ones that might not have played a game before or haven't played in a while. Yeah. And that adds like a, a really fun element to it as well, because because you have to bring in some of these really cheap rookie players, you're actually starting to follow these people at the very start of their career, possibly their first AFLW game in, uh, at all. We've all got our favourite rookies from last season. Who would you say yours are? Yeah, I think uh, Eliza West would have been my favourite. She was fantastic, playing for the, the Melbourne Demons in, into a pretty stacked midfield in the Melbourne had. You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to work your way in there. There's a lot of good players. So the fact that all season she was getting good minutes in that midfield was fantastic. Yeah, and I uh, I love Tara Bohana. Um, she's one of the players that you might not have heard of her at the start of the season, but by the end you kind of had to have her in your team. Stayed with us the whole time, just absolute superstar. Yeah, she's so good. And I kind of think that like Gold Coast, which Tara plays for, is such a good example because I feel like when your team's high and flying and you've only got premium players in it, it's obviously very enjoyable. But Gold Coast, they're a team on the up. A couple of years ago, they had the wooden spoon, but you know, they got some good wins. I feel like they've got some good momentum and it's kind of fun to see the players growing and you can see, oh, you know, that player's playing so much better than last year. And that's kind of what it is when you get into the nitty gritty of some of these cheaper players is you're not just looking at the superstars, the AFLW. You get to get into that, I suppose, the up and coming ones, which is you're just, just going to be the next superstar. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun. It's fun when you pick one. I've got my eye on uh, Rachel Kearns. She is just so strong so strong and she comes into a contest like a wrecking ball it's fantastic to watch um at some point yeah at some point she's gonna concuss someone so badly but (laughs) i i I, what she brings to geelong is just such good energy i I can't wait to see what where where she goes after that debut yeah yeah and great from a fantasy perspective as well so actually we'll go into that now 
All right. The way that scoring works for players is based on statistics. And this was something that can be a little bit complicated when you first look at it. But why don't you run us through how these players are scoring points in a fantasy sense? Yeah. So as you alluded to before, every action that a player takes on the field, or most actions, equate to a set of points, usually ranging from like one to six points based on what they do. And there's a few different sections of this. So when a player has the ball, they can either kick it or handball it away usually. Kick is preferable and you get three points for that. Or if they handball it, you get two. And if they even mark it in the first place, you get three for that. A few different ways there. When players get the ball, it's great for fantasy points. You want players yeah. that get the ball a lot. What if, what if you don't have the ball? How are you supposed to earn points? Yeah, so this is where what we were talking about with Rachel Kearns comes in. Uh, if you don't have the ball, you can tackle people. And that is very high scoring. You get four points per tackle. And that's how we see some of our amazing players like uh, Kiara Bowers rack up the points from just heaps of tackles. But the fantasy game also rewards fair players. Um, and so if something happens and you get a free kick, you actually get one point for having a free kick. And if what you've done causes a free kick against you, you lose three points. The only way that you would lose points. Yeah. I feel like we should set up some sort of game of buzz for the, the free kick mentioned there. <laughs> oh. Be a lot of fun. Well, it's the name of our podcast. It is, it is. is. What about about specialty stats? There's there's got to be a few extra ones out there. Um, Yes. So like the actual scoring behind a AFLW game, if you kick a goal, you get six points. And if you kick a behind, you get one. And we've called these specialty points because they're most likely only scored by forwards. And then you've got rucks when they get a hit out, they get one point for that as well. So if you want a player to get a lot of points, you want them to do all of the things we've just mentioned. You want yeah. kicks, handballs, marks, tackles, goals, behinds. But yeah, when we're, we're trying to add all of these different things together, we want to get to a good score for our player. What is, what is a good score? What does that look like? It does vary by position. Obviously, a lot of it's driven by how much you have the ball. So we would expect our midfielders to have more points. But just as a bit of a rough guide, if you've got a player that's scoring... 80 points in a game that's that's average if you can get a hundred in a game that's really good um and for context kiara bowers the highest scorer i think her high score might be 150. that's that's just so many points yeah that's like double the average right very cool yeah that's that's the statistical mail that i know (laughs) (laughs) um i think um i was looking at the stats last year i think uh ebony marinoff has the record for most amount of points in a game uh, from fantasy sense, I think it was 159, and she did that in a final for Adelaide, which is very impressive. And then on the other side of that, so you would expect even the rookies in their very first game, you would hope that they would get about 20, and then so anywhere between 20 and 80 is fine. So like if you get a 50, fine, but you kind of want to be getting 50 as a minimum. And then that that's the thing. You've got some players that are going to score lots of fantasy points, and you've got other players that are probably more focused on playing a role for the team that, you know, imagine someone was trying to tag Kiara Bowers and get her out of the game. They're yep. probably less likely to be getting the ball a lot, filling out that stat line as we were talking about above. Yeah. Th- those are the players that might be scoring less and that's fine. We're probably just not going to be bringing them into our fantasy teams. Yeah. So you've got all your players getting their different scores. How, do, how does this add up to your whole team? Yeah. So this is, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, much like the AFLW, 
Uh, you're going to be picking a squad of 21 players for your team. The idea is that these are split down between different positions uh, so that we're sort of mirroring what's going on in the field. So you'll pick five defenders uh, and then have one on your bench. You'll have five midfielders and one on your bench, uh, one ruck and then another on your bench, and then five forwards with another one on your bench. So that's that's your 20 players. Uh, and then you've got one extra utility, which I guess we'll come to in a minute. And the idea is there is that you're just sort of mimicking the teams, making sure that every position on the ground is is relevant so that we're not just picking the really high-scoring midfielders but kind of spreading out what we're doing across our team. The idea of a, a bench is that if, if for whatever reason someone on your field doesn't play, they'll come on and, and be the, the substitute and their score will count in their place. Yeah, there is a strategic element to the utility and the bench players as well, but that is getting a bit complex. So I think the the gang of us will go through and explain some of those strategic elements in our other episode. So <laughs> just need to know that it exists for now. There's also one extra concept is that much like AFOW teams, you get to pick a captain. You know, this is a hypothetical game. It's not as if our hypothetical captains are more motivating to our squad. Uh, so what they've done is your captain gets double points. So you really want to pick someone on your team who is a bit of a fantasy jet, is going to be scoring over that 100 mark and really earning earning a lot of points for you. Because the idea is if you get a good captain, you get a whole bunch of good players, we could be earning 1,200 points is probably a good line for a great score. Uh, yeah, and Anything over 1,000, I think, is a really good success. And if your captain doesn't play for whatever reason, you do get to pick a vice captain who will get double points in that situation. So there is a bit of a fail-safe built in there. And we we are aware, I suppose, that we're starting to use a little bit of terminology that's fantasy mm. relevant, are we? Things like captains and vice captains are one, but there's quite a lot of other stuff. Unless you're playing the game, they're not common words that you're going to hear being talked about. Yeah, why don't we just start running through some of them? The first one is your starting squad. And this is the first 21 players that you bring into your team to sort of start the season with. Yeah, like how would you know who to put into your starting squad? Well, yeah, that's that's why we're running through all of the 18 clubs. So just so that we can go through and give you a bit of guidance on who's going to be good. It's it's hard to try and figure out who's going to be the, the better fantasy players in the year, but that's that's the idea. We're going to go through and figure out who's who's going to be scoring a lot of points, taking a little bit of a random guess at it. And, and throwing them in our starting lineup. We are going to get it wrong. There's, there's mm. so rare that you start <laughs> with a good team, uh, which is why there's another element to the game, which are trades. The idea is once the first round has happened, we've kind of got our team of 21. You can't just change it completely every week. You only get to make three trades per week. And so the idea is you trade three players out, three new players in to replace them. We still only can have 21 players. We need to have different positions filled so that we still have that divide between defenders, midfielders, rucks and forwards. But the idea is there, we're trying to slowly improve our team to get to that really good team by the end of the season. Yeah. And so with the trades, like you said, three in and three out, but also the three in have to equal essentially the value of the three out. So it's how you are, where you put the dollars, who you put the dollars behind. Yeah. And this is where people get a little bit uh, strategic with how they do the trades. So maybe maybe trading in someone who is quite low in value and is going to go up in price so that over the course of the season, your team is going to go up in value. You can afford some of these better players towards the end of the year. And so can you just watch a game, see who played well and then trade them in? Uh, you can't do it when the games are happening, but between the last game of the round and the first game of the next round, so between Monday and Friday generally, 
you can you can make your trades at any point during then. Otherwise, we've got this concept called lockout, which we'll be talking about, which is the first game of the round every week. When that starts, whatever you've decided to trade, that's locked in, that's not changing. And then from the start of the round until the last game of that weekend, uh, you're not going to be able to make any trades. Mm. So that's that's usually a little fun part of the week where where teams are released. We've probably got like a day to scramble and go, oh no, all my players have been dropped and I've got to figure out what, how I'm going to trade and, uh, to cover myself and, and get myself in the best position for next week. Yeah, I had my, my pre-team announcement trades that I was planning on doing uh, and then my post-team announcement trades because <laughs> you yeah. often have to yeah. throw that out. Always different, always different. But it's a lot of fun, makes the week go fast. There's a few other specific terms that we keep hearing thrown around. These are a couple of them that I needed to get up to speed with when I started playing fantasy. Referring to a player as fantasy relevant, you'd think, oh, aren't all players fantasy relevant? No, they're not. For the reasons we mentioned before, you could be a fantastic footballer and it's got absolutely nothing to do with your ability to play the game and your athleticism. But if you aren't touching the ball in the ways that earn you points, you're probably not a fantasy relevant player and we wouldn't be considering bringing them into our fantasy team. When we do each of our 18 club reviews, we'll be talking through the fantasy relevant players in each team. I think a really good example of that would be Lauren Bella, who's the Gold Coast Ruck. She is leading the competition in hitouts. Absolutely phenomenal. You can see when she plays, she's she's dominating that contest. But as a, as a fantasy player, just really doesn't get a lot of the ball. And there are probably better options out there for, for your fantasy team. Another one is referring to a player as premium. It's a loose categorization, right? So, mm. yeah, the idea is you've got you, your better players are your premiums. You've got your uh, new players, which are quite cheap. They're your rookies. And then everyone else in between is your mid-pricer. Generally, when you're picking your team, you're going to go for a mix of your premium players, the ones who we, we know are the best fantasy ones. They're going to cost a lot of money. And then your rookies at the other end, they're the ones generally that they're priced as if they're not going to touch the ball at all. Or you um, could do the uh, the risky move like I did last time, which is a bit of mid-price madness. So instead yeah. of picking a couple of premiums, we'd also maybe call them elites and a couple of rookies. You just build out a team from these mid-price players that are more guaranteed to get you an average an average score but they could maybe flop um and so i got a i brought in a mid-priced player last time tani white who turned out to be fantastic but i know i think jono or maybe even liam brought in some some mid-prices that didn't do as well yeah no some players were i think we were we were still very new to aflw as a concept and we brought in some players that from a usual fantasy sense we'd go this is all the indicators of being a great fantasy relevant player but god the aflw game is very different from the men's so it's it's been good learning those differences and and, and picking that up yeah absolutely and just one final piece of terminology i hear you say all the time Jono, fill out the stat line what does that mean I do. I do say it way too often. It's it's essentially making sure that your player doesn't just score in one particular way. So just kicks, for example, but is kicking the ball, marking the ball, tackling the ball, uh, or not tackling the ball, tackling other players, <laughs> uh, and preferably where possible, kicking goals. 
you know, it's hard to build up these really high scores. If you want your player scoring over 100 points in a short game, you, you really need them to be doing lots lots of things. You don't just want them touching the ball when they get the chance, but when they haven't got the ball, are they tackling? Are they, are they making sure that when they kick the ball, they're not just getting the three points for the kick, but they're also kicking a goal to get that extra nine? Well, I think that's a pretty good overview. If any of our listeners disagree, please let us know uh, and we, <laughs> what we've missed or what you need further explanation of and we'll be happy to provide. If they do want to give us some feedback, Jono, where can people find us? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Odds and Stevens. I'm on Instagram as hi.mel.d and Twitter as hi underscore mel underscore d. You can find us wherever you normally listen to podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast. Well, great chat. Have a good one, guys. Bye, Mel.